Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. want to turn to Mark chapter number four. Mark chapter number four. And we'll also be reading from Mark chapter number five. Amen. This evening. Mark four, firstly, starting with verse number 35. The Bible says, and the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. When they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not? that we perish and he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea peace be still and the wind ceased and there was a great calm verse 1 of chapter 5 reads and they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes Mark 4.35 said, The same day when even was come, he, speaking of Jesus, said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. Verse 5, verse 1 says, And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. I want to preach just a little while. I told Brother and Sister Mason tonight I will be abbreviated. I might even just use initials for some things. I'm just joking. Amen. But I want to I want to minister this tonight. Testing in times of transition. Testing in times of transition. See, Brother McGee, you've been talking a lot about problems. Welcome to life. <laughs> Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer right now that he would help us all to be able to connect through the tiredness of bodies tonight. Father, I come to you right now, Jesus, and I'm asking, Lord, for your help. God, I realize, God, that there's people, Lord, sitting out there that's tired tonight. Lord Jesus, physically in their bodies. God, I, Lord, myself, my flesh, Lord, is tired. But I'm praying, God, for your spirit, Lord, during this journey tonight, Lord, would just somehow take... Lord, preeminence and predominance, Lord, in this house. God, help us, Lord, to connect in the realm of the Spirit. I pray, oh, Lord, today, Jesus, God, bring another word. God, an encouragement into our hearts. God, into our lives, into our souls. We'll be thankful, Jesus, tonight. Lord, God, for what you do and for what you accomplish, Lord, in this place. We'll give you the honor and the glory. The lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen and amen. Everybody say amen. Shake your neighbor's hand before you see it because they might need jarred a little bit to keep awake. 
just might need jarred a little bit. Testing in times of transition. What took place here in Scripture and the journey that occurred in Mark chapter number 4 was not the idea of the disciples. The 12 had not got their heads together, come up with the idea, you know what, why don't we head on over across the Sea of Galilee? Why don't we embark on a journey from here to there? And why don't we tell the Lord, hey, why don't you just come along with us? It was not some committee of theirs that drew the idea of this journey together or it out, but it was the mastermind and idea of the Lord that they should take this trip. So they weren't going to the other side as a result of something that was hopeful in their own spirit. This was something that was derived in the mind and the heart of God that they should go on this journey. And they stepped foot upon the boat. And the lake or the sea of Galilee was actually a lake, but it was known to go through storms. It was known because of the mountains that was around about it that the gorges and the crevices in the mountains would almost act like a funnel for the wind to be captured and bring it upon the water of the Sea of Galilee. It was known by any that were an accomplished sailor upon the sea or upon the lake. But this one almost seemed to catch all those involved rather a little bit unexpected. We understand from the context of scriptures leading up to this that the Lord and his disciples had been in somewhat of a very busy type of state Much had been demanded of them individually and collectively. And they were, much like many of us are tonight, they were wore out. They were wore out. They had already uh, perhaps just extinguished all of the resources. Uh, They had given of time. They had burnt the midnight oil. They had been giving of themselves. And now the Lord gets this bright idea. While we're sitting here all tired and everything's already just driven from us, why don't we take another trip? Why don't we go across uh, the the Sea of Galilee? I I can somehow relate to these guys. I remember uh, in our travels that uh, I know it was just the kind-heartedness of churches and pastors, but there's nothing like driving seven or eight hours in a day just to get somewhere and say, hey, you all ready to go to eat? I know a real good place that serves catfish two and a half hours away. (laughs) Let me tell you something. I don't care how good that catfish is. That two and a half hour trip is not gonna make it any better if we just stay in town and go to a little mom and pop shop and have some catfish for me after that eight hour trip. I'm already tired. I'm already wore out. And for that idea, I wasn't talking to my wife on our way there. You know what would be great? If there was a great catfish shop about two and a half hours away, that after we got there, we could jump back in a vehicle while our engine's still hot and travel a little bit more to have some good catfish. No, 
because that wouldn't be my idea, but that's not me. That wasn't my idea. It was the pastor's idea. Came in to go on that trip, and so I find the disciples in a similar place. We have already given of ourselves. We've already worked diligently on the needs of the people has been calling out to us. And now you're telling us it's time for us to get on a boat and let's go over to the other side? Have we not done enough? I mean, have we not been engaged just enough and paid attention enough? And now you're asking us just to go a little bit further? If I may rope in just a few things uh, from a few Sunday mornings ago, I was teaching in our uh, morning class in our Bible lesson talking about each time that the disciples got on ship, and I'll just clue this in so everybody will be clued in from the start, but every time they got upon a ship, there were about four common things. You remember this? Some of you that were here, there were four common things that happened, and that is Christ always sent away the multitudes. Number two, they were always confronted with a storm. Number three, there was never a life that was lost. And number four, whenever they got to where they were going, there were great miracles. Amen. Bishop has even spoke to us over the years whenever he has ministered the word of the Lord. He has oft times told you and I that whenever he would begin to preach or begin to teach, that sure enough in that week following that, he was going to have to live what he taught or live what he preached. And sometimes he'd say, Sister McGee would be back there cringing because she says, honey, now don't go there, you know. Don't say that because you're already forecasting the week that is coming up. I want you to know that in Mark 4, in the beginning of this session, that Jesus is teaching from a boat. He's teaching from that platform of a boat. He's teaching and he is preaching. And it would be from that platform that he taught from and that he preached from that that would become the tried material for the object lesson just a few hours later. Amen. But you must understand tonight that while they are serving right now, in the moment of time that they have been serving, they've been serving on the western bank of the Sea of Galilee. From my understanding, the western bank of the Sea of Galilee is where the disciples and the Lord had spent a lot of time in ministry. This was a well-worn area. These towns, they frequented on many occasions. Many sick were healed here. Many diseases were healed. Some unclean spirits were cast out here. This was the side of the sea that they were familiar with. This was the side of the sea that was well trodden. They, they knew everything seemingly there was to know about that side of the Sea of Galilee. And whenever the Lord said, boys, let's go on a journey now over to the other side, that was a place that ministry didn't usually happen over there. That's a place that they didn't normally just go. And God was saying, boys, it's time for us to go and leave the place of the familiar. Leave the place that we're so acquainted with and accustomed with and go to some uncharted waters to a place that we're not so familiar with. Someone say amen. Because I can find myself in my own individual life that I have a little place of comfort, Brother Terry McGee, whenever I always operate in the same line and in the same mode, I walk the same path that I've walked for years. You know, there's a little bit of comfort, amen, in knowing your surroundings. Uh, if you've ever been on a vacation and you've been to that place two or three times, uh, there's a little sense of accomplishment. Whenever you leave, you don't have to worry about getting lost. You've been there before. You don't have to worry about the restaurants. You've already 
familiarize yourself with all of those so you know where you're going. You know how to get there. You understand all the turns in the road. But on those occasions, you've never been there. Yeah. And you got to be a little bit more studious about how to get from point A to point B. Uh-huh. Come on. And, and whenever you was going, you didn't really know that that road was as curvy as it was. Yeah. And whenever you get there, you're having a hard time finding your hotel. And, and they didn't have as many restaurants as you thought they would have. And all these different things. Whenever you're going somewhere you've never been, it begins to frustrate things a little bit. And it'll affect you so much, and even your wife sometimes, she's more apt to ask for directions and shoulder you a little bit and say, hey, why don't we stop? And you say, no, I got this thing under control because we don't want to admit that we don't know exactly where we're headed or where we're going or what we're doing, but we're left to the home, the home place, the familiar ground, to somewhere unfamiliar. I believe in my spirit tonight. God, correct me if I'm wrong, but some of the things that I believe we are going through personally right now, it's not a mode of some great persecution from heaven or from the enemy but perhaps God has taken us from a place that we are familiar with that we know that we usually operate in and that we are comfortable with but now he said boys this has been great we've done a lot of ministry right here we've operated really good right here but now it's time to go into an area that we have not been to yet it's time to go in a place amen in our prayer and in our worship and our consecration that we've never been before and it's in that period of transition of going from where I am at that I'm familiar to to where God's trying to take me that I'm not familiar with that it's testing times in periods of transition some would say yes (laughs) the Bible says in Joshua 3 in verse number 4 understand Moses has been the leader Moses from the point of Egypt Egypt now going toward the promised land he has been the leader he has been the deliverer the people listened to the voice of Moses and the voices of Aaron they were the leaders they were the voice of God for the people amen whenever it was time to get water from a rock they were looking for Moses and Aaron whenever it was time that manna was falling from heaven and there needed to be instruction it was Moses and it was Aaron but Moses now was cold somewhere in the ground amen and there is another individual by the name of Joshua that is there now for some 40 years under the the, the leadership of Moses and Aaron they have journeyed and they have journeyed throughout the wilderness they have wandered you know the story for 40 years throughout the wilderness and I can't but think to myself that somewhere along the way during those 40 years they're going to get a little familiar with the terrain It's like somebody gets lost in the woods. And all of a sudden you're like, you know, that tree looks real familiar like I've already passed that. And I almost see the children of Israel, you know, that this becomes a little familiar to them. Yep, I remember that rock, little blood on the right, that's where I killed the whatever, hyena, you know. That brook right there, yeah, we got water from that for our, my whole family. We washed our clothes there. I remember the crevice of that mountain. It kind of looked like a monkey's face whenever the silhouette of it, if you just got familiar with it. For 40 years, they're bound to get familiar with some things. But what's happening now at the juncture in the road with Joshua, he says, we've been here for 40 years. 
And he says, and this is not totally what God has intended for us. The man has been good. Water from a rock, that's been great. Quail from heaven, tremendous. But this isn't everything that he has intended for us. And he says, boys, we got to turn our eyes toward over the Jordan River. We got to turn our eyes toward Canaan. And he gave a decree unto the people in Joshua 3 and 4. He said, yet there shall be a space. He's talking about we're going to rise in the morning as the ark of God arises. And we're going to follow the ark of God in the presence of God. And he says, there shall be a space between you and it about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it that ye may know the way by which ye must go. For ye have not passed this way hereto. He says, I know on any ordinary day when we would start our journey, it would be nothing to be at close distance to the ark of God because you've went that path before. You was familiar with that. You knew where the berries were for eating, the brooks were for drinking. He says, but we're about ready to go on a journey that we have not went on yet. You become familiar with this, familiar with the food, familiar with the miracles and the provisions, but we're about ready to go somewhere that we have not went before. We've not went this place too far. He says, so you need to allow some distance between you and the ark because if you'll stay with it in sight, it'll lead you right where you need to go. Someone say amen. amen. And so here it is. The disciples, not their, not their idea, the Lord's idea. They step up on the boat, the Lord's idea. They get in the boat. They're leaving what is familiar to them. They're leaving what is known to them. They're leaving what, if I could even say, is comfortable to them. I, I know Capernaum, and I know Chorazin, and I know these Bethesda. Yeah, I know all these places, but oh, the other side. It was uncharted waters. And as they get upon that boat, he sends the multitude away. And lo and behold, wouldn't you know, I know they must have told each other. I knew this was going to happen. A storm, a great storm, the Bible says, began to brew upon the water and it began to beat against the ship in so much that it was now full. This wasn't just water that was at bay. This wasn't just water that was on the perimeter of the ship. This is water that was threatening the ship itself. It was now full and in the midst, wouldn't you know, the one who had the bright idea to get this all voyage going right now is somewhere in the hinder part of the ship asleep now come on let's get real the audacity you ever had somebody tell you could it be like this brother Fred McGee saying yeah we're going down to Harrisburg to volunteer some time we're going to get a group of people together he show up Saturday morning have everybody there to go give somebody the key and says you all do a great Boys, I'm getting the voyage ready for you and I'm just going to kick back and take it easy. Everything's going to be well. And here are the disciples. This wasn't our idea to begin with. We're all here anxious. We're all fearful. And here he is asleep in the hinder part of the ship. He even has a pillow. He planned this. (laughs) 
Everybody else got ropes using for pills and he, he done got his nice and fluffy one or flat one or medium, whatever he liked, you know. He already brought his pillow on board. He's, he's ready, he's ready for whatever comes. But he was asleep, notice the Bible says, at the hinder part of the ship. It seems as though Christ was asleep in this storm. But his position, his location, amen, was at the hinder part of the ship. The hinder part of the ship is laying at the helm of the ship. The hinder part of the ship is the place where one would pilot the boat. Yes, he was asleep and seemingly not affected by the storm, but he had not left his location. He had not diminished in his power to offer direction. I'm here to tell somebody tonight in our moments of transition, it might seem like he's unaffected by our storm, but he has not left the location of offering and rendering direction. You might be in a storm, but you are not in a storm without direction. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost coming in this house right now. Yes! Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Can I say it like this? You can be comfortable where you are and God taking you to a place you've never been before, but I want you to know it doesn't matter where you end up or where you are headed. He's already been there, so he's... While you're thinking, how do I get here from there? He's already got the map. He's already got the atlas. He already knows the direction. They're troubled. He's not so much troubled. They're troubled because the water is getting in the ship. And they really don't know where they're going. The other side, that's right. You know, I really pinpointed. Let's go to Michigan. Really narrows it down, you know. The other side. Notice now, they're troubled by the waves, they're troubled by the storm, they're troubled by the threat of woe. It's a transition time, it's testing, it's troublesome. Oh, if I could just have the sands of Bethesda right now. Oh, if I could just have the fish market of Capernaum. No, 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 you're on a journey. You're in transition from the unfamiliar, from the familiar to the unfamiliar. And they are absolutely fearful and afraid. So they go to the one who got this bright idea to begin with. They go to the helm of the ship. They go to the director of the sea vessel. And they awake him out of his sleep and said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? In other words, don't you understand what's going on right now? Don't you understand the storm? Don't you feel the water coming upon your body this boat is becoming full and when it seemed like Christ was sleeping right in the middle of the storm there's something I want you to grab a hold up tonight he might have been sleeping in the middle of the storm but he could by no means sleep through the cries of
of his people. Someone say yes. Christ will only sleep through your storm until you cry out. But when his people cry out, it will awaken the attention of the master. God, don't you know we perish? God, don't you know what I'm going through? Hold on. He's about ready to get up. about you but to me that's comforting it's comforting to know that he can sleep through my storm as long as I don't say anything about it but the moment I cry out to him nap time's over that what I perceived as non-involvement's over He's already at the place of directing. But when he heard your cry, he's not just going to direct you through the storm. There's some deliverance that's on the way. And he cannot deny the cry of his people. As Christ, as the Lord, as the Son of Man, he was asleep on the boat. But as God, he never sleeps or slumbers. Someone say yes. And they are on the boat. It's testing time. They're in the boat with Jesus. While he's out there, he talks to the wind. You all thought I was crazy. Here's somebody that talks to the wind. He gets out there and says, peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. That, ladies and gentlemen, was a tremendous miracle. I believe, Brother Mason, it was a miracle that was dealing with them in their hour of transition. More importantly, it was a miracle that was dealing with discipleship. Because there had been other times while on land, they had seen miracles of feeding the thousands. Uh -huh. Miracles of feeding many. But when they got on the ship, every time a storm seized by the voice of the Lord, there was a miracle of discipleship. There was some discipleship that was taking place. I believe there's no doubt tonight that God in his infinite wisdom knew that the storm was coming. Amen. If I could say it like this, it was part of that day's curriculum for the teaching. It was time for the object lesson. <laughs> Thank God for bishops. You know, he always gives us an object lesson. It's more than just, he said, boys, we've already had the verbal lesson. Now let us put it to practice. It's time for the object lesson. So they embark on a journey to the other side. Amen. And it's all a result of the Lord's command. Now listen now. Go back with me if you will to Mark chapter 4 and verse 35 and hear the words of the Lord. The journey that they began started with a promise. Let us pass over to the other side. <laughs> Let me say this to us. Whenever you start on a journey that's been prescribed by the master, don't forget what he said before you started in that direction. Mm -hmm. 
when you start on a journey that is not a journey in a direction of your own making, but it was all drawn up in a mastermind of the master, don't forget what he said before you started the journey. Because the words that he spoke to them before they ever started the journey was let us pass over unto the other side. What's so important about that, Brother McGee? I'll tell you what I believe is important about it because the master's intent was to go to the other side. It wasn't to go to the middle of the, of, of the, of the sea or the lake. It was not to go part way. It was not to go out so far and retreat and turn back around to the shore of familiarity. Mm, it it was not to go out there and sink the boat and leave everybody just floundering around in the water. No, he said, let us go over to the other side. Whenever he spoke the first words, he spoke the promise of the completion of the trip. He said, let us go over to the other side. Let me tell you today, there's some of you that are on journeys tonight that are not of your own making. It wasn't your idea to travel the road you're traveling right now. It wasn't in your heart or your desire to be walking the path that you're walking right now but don't forget what God spoke into your spirit when that started if he said everything's gonna be alright honey you need to let it be signed, sealed and delivered that everything's gonna be alright one thing that I gather comfort from he said let us again he said let you all So what that tells me is this. He's going with me. He's going with me. And second of all, he has determined the destination. Already knowing without doubt, we will get there. Now, he didn't throw in the little disclaimer. Boys, get in the ship. Let's go on the other side. And approximately in four hours and 35 minutes, we'll be landing on the other shore. No, you want to talk about complicating, frustrating matters if you knew the time frame and it didn't happen in the time frame. So he says no time frame to it. He says, we're going to the other side. Just letting you know, I don't know how long the journey may be. He did, but he wasn't going to relay it to them. He didn't want them to know how long the journey was going to be whether it be a couple hours or whether it be weeks all they needed to know listen to me right now all they needed to know is that they would reach their destination because we're people this is us this is me okay because I like everything man just right in order when is it going to happen how is it going to happen where is it going to happen who is it going to be happening with I want to know, know all the questions I want all the questions answered let me know the itinerary let me know whenever this the, 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 the thing picks up off the ground and let me know whenever it sets back down but he says listen amen he even told his disciples whenever he was about ready to leave amen is the coming of the kingdom going to come to come the Messiah he said it's not for you to know the times and the seasons just know this I am going to come you don't have to know the hour. You just need to have confidence in knowing I am going to come. Honey, you don't need to know the length of this trial. All you need to know is that you will reach your destiny. You'll reach your destiny. I've already preached longer than I intended to. Imagine that. 
I had up here how long my flesh was going to preach. The Spirit started preaching somewhere along in here. My flesh is on overtime. <laughs> Literally, it is. But <laughs> now, look at this. Something else I want you to notice in all of this. They recognize him to be asleep. What's his deal? What's he's going on? Why, why, why? Isn't any trouble with all this? I want, you, I want you to notice something. Take it for your own life. In the middle of your testing during times of transition, from the familiar to the unfamiliar, listen to me. Always take your cue from the master. A young military officer and his young bride were married. They sat out on a honeymoon voyage. While they sailed, a violent storm began to beat against their vessel. The young bride came, became very frightful and frightened by the storm. She looked at him and she smiled. Or she came very frightful by the storm. She looked at her husband and, and with a little uneasy face and said, uh, you're not afraid, are you? Being a new couple, I guess it was time for the first spat. She is a little irritated by the fact that she is in huh, upheaval over what's going on right now. And he's just, if he had a lazy boy, it was lazy boy in the flesh spirit right there on the boat. Man, no troubles. Man, this is great, you know, boys. Yeah. Did you see the sides of that wave? She got a little irritated with him because he wasn't afraid like she was. And after a while, this military officer took his sword out of its sheath, point took the point of the sword and pointed it on the throat of his new bride and laid that point of that sword right there on his new bride. She looked at him and she smiled and he said, are you afraid? He says, you're not afraid. She said, oh no. She said, I'm not afraid of a sword when it's in the hands of one who loves me. He says, do you get the point? Do you get the point? You don't have to be afraid of a storm whenever it's in the hands. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid of a circumstance whenever it's in the hands of one who loves you. There's one that is a ruler of the land and of the sea. And whenever the one who has the power to calm the storm or cause it to be an upheaval arises in your life and loves you, you don't have to be afraid of the storm. Take, listen to me, take your cue from the master. In our household, I know this could be really hard for you to believe, but I'm telling you it's the truth. My wife is the even-headed one whenever it comes to calamity, especially for per se, if one of our kids get badly hurt. Been probably a little over a year ago, I was doing some wood in my backyard. I was chopping it, and I was uh, preparing some wood for the fire pit, you know. And uh, we were out there, and we have a little uh, conifer tree that stands high enough that it's probably as tall as me. And I was out there chopping wood, and I had a little pie over here, and I was just chopping and tossing. And Mariah went around that, unbeknownst to me, I tossed that piece of wood as it left my hand. I seen her. I couldn't grab that back. 
and that, that, that pointed jagged edge of that wood just hit her right in, up here close to her temple and it was just instant uh, blood profusing out of her skull and uh, it looked really deep and I went into paranoia mode. Oh, we gotta get somebody here. She could hear me in the house without talking to the door. Damn, her eyes hurt bad. And she comes out there walking like we're on vacation along the beach. I'll tell you, this is the truth. She is the evil. We've been through some bad stuff in our life of 15 years of married. And I've never seen the lady really shaken. She just, you know. Well, how bad is it? You know, lays that little head down in her lap. She gets away from that blood, and we see indentation there. I'm like, oh, she's going to have stitches. They're going to have to do surgery. And blah, blah, blah. She's just here. And not that time, but times before. I mean, she's just so calm. And, you know, I'm, I'm in paranoia mode which is just making Mariah that much more paranoid. She doesn't thought she'd, you know, she'd decapitated. She don't know. She's the only kid that was decapitated and still talking, you know. She just got that from her mom too. <laughs> but, but the way that I was reacting was affecting the whole surrounding and environment of that episode. It made her more upset whenever I was upset. Now you put her in the hands of mom and Fred probably tell you this old thing train that they've had. Put her in the hands of mom. Oh, honey. And we could sing, you know, a little lullaby song. She might be asleep in a few minutes. You know, she's just calm and collected and all docile mom over here. She just takes care of things. And man, there just came a calm in the atmosphere. In the middle of your time of transition from the Known to the unknown, your trial, your frustration, the water's coming in the ship. Getting anxious for nothing. A lot of things going on. Always take your cue from the master. Just check over at the helm. What's he doing? He's asleep. You know what that calm spirit was saying to my little girl? Amen. As she was laying in her mama's arms. Honey, you don't have nothing to worry about. Everything's going to be all right. No need to get worried. No need to get upset. Everything's, honey, let me tell you tonight. As you're going through your trial, you need to check the helm and take your cue from the master. If he's not anxious, if he's not upset, if he's not pacing the floor, you might as well lay down too and get some rest. It's going to turn out all right. It's going to turn out all right. If he's sleeping in the midst of the storm, he doesn't want anything to get out of sorts. It's going to be all right. We've allowed too many other people, Sister Angie Craig, in our mode of transition. Hear me right now. We've allowed too many other people in our mode of transition to affect our attitude about what we were going through. I just don't know, honey. I tell you what, they have it pretty bad right now. You know, all this stuff's going to come, and they don't have this and this and that. And Lord, I tell you what, wouldn't you know they're right behind them as they're saying it? And you know what they're feeling? You know what? This is bad. I don't know if we can get through this. 
Honey, don't pay attention to any of that. I don't care what disciples were upon the ship. Don't let Matthew set the, set the theme of it. Don't let John set the theme of it. Don't let Andrew set the, set the tone of it. You just look at the helm and see what the master is doing. Don't let the collector set the tone. Don't let the employment agency set the tone. Don't let the doctor set the tone. Look at the master and see what he's doing about it. Get your cue from the master. Stand with me right now. Musicians can come tonight. Let's do the old song. Old song. Everything's going to be all right. I got a feeling. Everything's going to be all right. Why? I've, tra- I've checked the director of the voyage. He's asleep. They got to the other shore. Mark 5 verse 1. Does it not render it out? They got to the other shore. You got it for me, sister? Look at this. At the beginning of the voyage, he said, let us go over to the other side. When it finally ended, the report is, and they came over to the other side. Now, I understand I understand. I'm not totally ignorant, okay? I understand that the dynamics between let's go over to the other side and then came and they came over to the other side, the dynamics from there to there may differ and probably does for every individual. You still might characterize it as a storm. You might still characterize it as threatening. It may vary from left to right, east to west, whatever. It may vary. But there are two constants in this thing. That is, it was his idea that said, we start this. And he's going to be there when we finish this. Whatever the variables are in between, whatever heartache you face in between, there's two constants. It was his idea to begin with, so he's going to finish it whenever it's all over. I don't know how long it's going to take. He didn't tell me that. He just told me it's going to be all right. What you doing, master? I'm taking it easy, boys. <laughs> Might be in for a long ride. No sense in getting on the uproar about something you don't have any control over. Because that's my best times to want to get involved. Get involved in something I don't have any control over. Just let me, let me get my hands on it. I got the bucket with the water. (laughs) It's just like it's just hitting the wind and falling right down. What's going on here? It's all right. He got me into this journey. He's going to get me to the finality of this journey. Somebody needs to take that into your spirit tonight. Somebody, there is testing in times of transition. Hallelujah. But I'm here to tell you today that everything's going to be all right.
somebody needs to check the helm tonight somebody needs to check the helm tonight you need to look over your shoulder you need to check the helm and see how the master's reacting take your cue from him <laughs> maybe he's not asleep maybe he can see land in sight before you can ever see it maybe he's behind the helm and he's doing a bishop maybe he's got a little bishop going on take your cue from him honey go on and go to the edge of the ship and whoa maybe he's doing a little Waltusi behind there what's going on honey he sees something you don't see but take your cue from him alright I can't kill a dead horse it's already dead come on let's worship the Lord respond respond thank you for listening if you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.